0: Pod, 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 pod. Rugby
1: pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you in proud partnership with Guinness. It's our last episode of the year, and as tradition, we're aiming for the Christmas number one. We're finished up runner-up in the last two years. Um, So there's a few things that you can do that would really help us if you want us to see us go one better. Uh, The first thing is make sure you've left a review on iTunes. It's massive too. Make sure you subscribed uh, on the iTunes and finally give the pod a share. If that's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we'll send it out to your WhatsApp group and let's try and get the pod to where it belongs. You sound so,
2: sound so desperate, Andy Rohn. Please one. help us. Numbers have gone down. I saw the podcast and he got to number eight last week. I mean, mm. I don't know why. I well, don't that's know actually a lie, right, Jim, was. because
0: um, as I've just shown you... Look
2: at you, him biting. As I've just away. shown you, Joe
0: Marlowe was in. It was an outstanding podcast. And we are at number three last week behind Robbie Savage and Andrew Flintoff. I like them. I like them once. And the Guardians Football Weekly. I actually think them two were significantly better than
2: uh, the one with Joe Marlow last week. So. Uh, loads of... Good feedback on, on Twitter and social media. That you media. retweeted every single one of them. because
0: I thought Joe was amazing, and Jim is just bitter.
2: I enjoyed it. I listened to it. So I was in South Africa, and I listened to the podcast, and I actually lolled. I lolled at the sh- shit in a bag. Pe- no, pe- pecking a shit. Pecking a shit. You peck your shit and leave. Yeah, I did enjoy that. Mm. I enjoyed Joe's honesty that he doesn't want to get paid any more money. But he's going to say that because <laughs> his performances have subsided somewhat. So he's not going to get paid any more money. So he's smart in saying what he's saying. <laughs> so he's letting the kind of fans know and his family that he's probably reached the ceiling of earning potential and he's trying to use this new CVC deal as a way of saying that I understand you're not going to pay me anymore. It's nothing to do with me being shy at rugby anymore. It's to do with us wanting to grow the game.
0: His value S- is smart, val- but his value to Quinn's has gone up. He's why? available all year round now. Mate, not when you lose every other week, isn't <laughs> <in> mate? God. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. But he did say, I, I, I said to him, you know, what, what, what is this beef? Why, why does Jim always have a pop at you and stuff? And, you know, is there something seriously there? And he went, no, I, Jim just needs to talk about Joe to stay relevant. That's what he said.
2: Well, there was a couple of other things that I need to mention about Joe. Refused to speak about pieces... Yeah, that's not on. Yeah, on, which on. Is Come on, this podcast. Mate, you can't. You, you have to. That's part of it.
0: Andy Rowe hung like a squirrel. You have to talk about it. You have
2: it. to. <laughs> Hell of a bush, but it's Christmas soon, so we'll let him off. And also, guess who followed me yesterday? Joe Marler followed me again. Is it, is it, he is it back me. on? He blocked me, and then I unfollowed him, and then I look every day, and yeah, he's followed me See again. So friends again. Oh, well, nice. I've not followed him yet. But yeah, I listened to it in South Africa. South Africa was great, Andy Rowe. Thanks for asking. I'm, so I, cu- I couldn't call in. I was in transit. Uh, but no, I mean, you, did,
0: you, you could call in. You just didn't want to because you actually texted me saying I'm, I'm scared that Joe will abuse me, and I won't because I'm on the other end of the phone. <laughs> I, I won't have much
2: to say. <laughs> Last time I rang in, you hung up hung up on me when I was in a prayer room <laughs> at the airport. So yeah, but South Africa was good. Filmed another Explorer show there. Interesting place. Mm. Amazing place. Eight days of action packed adventure and exploring. Get it? That's R- what the, mm. the show is called, right? Did you see Explorer. See some lions? No, I saw some elephants shit. Some elephant shit. Yeah, we did you go to, on safari? Yeah, we went on safari to Elephant Sanctuary. We didn't see an elephant, but we saw elephant ship. Okay. You so, uh, big hell of an explorer. They've yeah. got a drought there. They've got a drought in South Africa. But let me tell you about one experience, which I had a couple of really humbling experiences, right? So part of it was me going there and seeing what state rugby's in. And we all know about the political situation in South Africa. We've spoken about it in the past with Sia Khaleesi, who we did an interview with. But one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to go into the townships and see for myself if there's an influence of rugby in the communities. And there is. And there is. And trained in a township, like trained with what I thought were kids, but they were actually blokes. But they're so malnutritioned that they're all so tiny. And we're training on the pitch, and I shit you not, there's glass and condoms all over the floor. Because what happens is they all get given a load of condoms, don't they? And all the kids obviously blow them up. So at first I get there. They they what? They blow them up and play with them. Well, well. (laughs) What? Carry on, but on the pitch. So I'm training on a pitch full of glass with condoms everywhere, and I'm like, this is rugged and urban. But one of the funniest things happened. Maybe it wasn't that funny. You slipped on a condom. <laughs> and it went in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we did a bike tour. So we got dropped off in the township and had to walk. And as we. No, our perception of townships is they're an unsafe place. So already I'm shitting myself once I'm out of the van. And then for the filming, you have to do two or three different takes. So you do like a front take, a back take, and then they did a drone one. By the time we got to the drone take, it was all relaxed, we were all chilled, and starting to enjoy myself. So they said, right, we need to do this take on the drone. So the drone goes up, and then we just take the same route. Next thing, this fucking kid runs out of the house with a gun in his hand. Stop it. Like, literally runs out into the road and pretends to shoot me with this gun. Next thing... I mean, it was the guy next to me who screamed. I just kind of opened my mouth. And I don't know why, but I flinched by putting my elbow in front of my face, obviously opening up the heart. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. It was just a human human instinct. Thankfully, it was a plastic gun. But can you imagine? How scared? Surely you've got four kids. Yeah. JJ, How old is JJ now? Uh, pff, mate, he's, uh, I don't know, between seven and ten. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Surely if you uh, play with the kids a little bit, you'll understand the difference between a real gun and a... And a toy gun. Mate, not a
2: distance. Oh, okay. Mate, not a distance where one runs out of the house saying, hands up, motherfucker. Did he say, hands up, big Scottish legend Jim motherfucker? They, a couple of them knew mate. <laughs> a couple of them knew mate. They said they YouTubed me, filling in Ebonettes of But yeah, went surfing as well. Shark Infested Waters. Did yeah, you I see think, a shark? Uh, yeah, I think I saw a Finn, yeah. Finn yeah, Russell?
0: Yeah, I saw
2: a fin. It's not all about me anyway, Goody. How are you? Well I'm fed? I'm good.
0: I'm good, mate, yeah. Good weekend. Commentated on my favourite team, didn't I? I sort of heard that. Watching... Montpellier absolutely hosed Toulon. I mean, that club's in crisis. So yeah, it was a good, nice weekend Saturday with the girls. All set for Christmas? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, got the missus of presents. What did you get her? I can't. Well, I can't tell. She listens to the pod. So. <laughs>
1: As you may have heard, we've been running a competition to find five rugby clubs across the UK to give a Guinness makeover to. The entries have flooded in, and uh, we've already picked out Kilburn uh, Cosmos and Old Grammarians as the first two winners. So Jim's going to pick the third winner out of a hat today. Uh, we're just going to give you the, uh, oh, it's actually going to be out of Goody's big Sweaty, hands, big sweaty hairy hands. hands. Oh, yeah, there's a bit so. of chicken kebab left in there as well, look at that. <laughs> so you're going to pick one out now, he's reaching I hope into... it's in
2: Scotland. I've got a Scottish teams at the minute.
1: Oh, okay. We're close to Scotland,
2: I think. In what I'm saying, Gosforth Rugby Club is that up in Newcastle? Well, that's Newcastle, Jim. Well, New- that's uh, it's close to Scotland, but it's still in England. So pipe down. Well, mate, there's there's arguments over whether Newcastle is Scotland. No, no, Newcastle's England. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Gary Graham was on. Most listened to podcast, by the way, with Gary Graham. Was it really the number one listened to podcast? You're welcome. It was the questions. I think that we threw at him. Mm. You're welcome. It was the questions.
1: Uh, we've all got a, a present to open up, Secret Santa. Do you want to get into that?
2: Yes. Um, yes, let's do it. Okay, so shall I open mine first? or do Yeah, you, wanna... you go first, Jim. you got three. What is it, Jim? 365 oh. reasons to be proud to be Scottish. Am I in here? Is that why you've got me here? <laughs> <laughs> 365 reasons. You've got to find a reason to be proud to be Scottish. There's only 365. I've got one here. I've got one in July on page 123. He is the greatest. The greatest... Scottishman of all time is Jim Hamilton, <laughs> 1,000 cap. What okay. else you got there? Hang on, it's another book. I mean, whoever's bought me these knows that I do not read books. Well, you
0: can't read. <laughs> Maybe there's an education piece there, Jim. Oh, has Miss Coo
2: bought me these? Oh, OK. Red herrings and white elephants, the origins of the phrases we use every day. Well, that's a good one. Good, analogies. Yes. Analogies, thanks very much. Again, education. Can you, Tell me you, read, this isn't a can you read
1: us an analogy?
2: Here we go. <laughs> Page 105. To swear on your testicles. What? It's an old phrase dating back to Romans and their apparent courtroom practice of swearing the truth of statement on their testicles. I ain't swearing anything yeah. on me bollocks. Well, mate, I can. Mine are literally like pips, so it <laughs> doesn't matter if they go missing. So there we go. That's it. Page 105. The ancients, Greeks and Romans.
0: Swear on your testicles. Actually, you think about it on your testicles. You, I mean, you've got four kids now and there's no chance you're going again, is there? No. I'm not. My missus says no as well. So yeah. they're not worth much these days. Testicles, are they? Well, you hand yours in to your missus when you walk through the door, anyway, don't oh, you? There just... we go. Hey. Here we go. Right, I've got another present
2: anyway. Three I want to open. Three presents. I've got three.
0: <laughs> this best be a bloody good one.
2: <laughs> Anne Summers Party Pubes <laughs> includes fairy lights and sparkly decorations to put some party in your pubes. Well, Beck is going to be over the moon. <laughs> I don't need to get her. I don't need to get her a Christmas present now. Push. Merry Christmas, Beck. Bush on Bush. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Secret Santa. Oh, nice. Um, You've done Well, I've got Tim's here. He's, he's going to come mm-hmm. in. I've told, it's not really that secret if I told it, it was Tim.
0: There we go. You've wrapped that well. The joke. timing's
2: Thanks. well today, actually. Just, just say what it is.
0: A bit
1: of links? Could do with some of like that. No. Gifts. It's a, a gift set. It's not
0: just it's just not links. It's a gift
2: set. You put this together
1: yourself.
0: He's basically like. saying you stink. Your breath S- is mints. horrendous, and your armpits are
2: absolutely buzzing. So that Lynx shower gel is not just a normal Lynx shower gel. That actually converts to KY jelly as well. So <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Do you not think that that was a good gift? Because you think links, right? So for me, going into the boots. I mean, there are other places where you can go. What about picking up a tub of KY jelly? How like <laughs> dodgy do you feel? You have to go the self-scan. That one there, Googled it. If you Google orange links, it comes up as you can use that as KY jelly, so you're welcome. <laughs> Over to you, Andy Rowe.
1: Do you know... Um, oh, okay, I'll open mine. Well, I, so, I so badly wanted Andy Rowe. There's you this got me last room. year, you got me a fish, and it died. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do we got here? Got a, a big bottle of Moet. Or Moet. Who's but... got you that? Well, it's Moet. It's Moet know? and Chandon. Do you want to put a bit on it? No. Yes, please. Shave your heads. No. Shave your heads? No, you shave your, no, head shave your heads. Shave your heads. It's pronounced Malwet. Alright, mate. Yes. Bloody Moe nose. What do we got here? Some salmon. Some tuna chunks. Oh, that's that's delicious. I think it's cat food. <laughs> <laughs> you think or you know? That's cat food. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's some go cat <laughs> thank you very much for that it's, it's delicious. So that's delicious that's my favourite actually I don't know how you knew that and um, it's a fish <laughs> it's a fluffy fish that um, cats play with that cats play with Yeah, that's, that's a weird fish as well isn't that's it that's very weird no you've nailed it whoever got me that I really appreciate that it's
2: between two it's between two it's between producer
1: Tim Goody. It's produced it, Tim, because I don't think either of you two would have bought me a bottle of Moet. Go on, Goody. That, Here I we hope, go. That, I hope to God that's a gastric brand.
0: Oh, six-pack of Coke. Perfect. <laughs> we have some Viet.
2: Should we do that before we go home? <laughs> should we all use it before we go home? <laughs> use the same code. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
1: But oh. well, Should we get into the Champions Cup? Oh, a bit of Ruggers. Yeah. Do we have to?
2: I didn't have any notes this week because Joe basically... He killed your notes, didn't he? What do you mean he killed them? Why is he copying my notes? so I'm busy anyway I've been busy not putting notes down because I've had to write a rap song that's going to be released separately Tim yeah so I've wrote a rap song so I've not been able to do my notes so oh, shall yes. I give you the first line okay so I'm back it's Jim with a brand new rap it's Christmas and Joe Smith is spooning his cat with a peel back that's the first two lines <laughs>
0: Oh, dear. That's going to be so good, but so bad. In the okay, same you time. wait. I've got two pages.
2: Oh, okay. You're talking about
0: Joe Schmidt and his peel back? Oh, no, dear. that's my peel back. Oh,
2: oh, right. was it? No, no, that, I meant Joe Schmidt then, yeah, because that's how he reads.
1: <laughs> right, well, let's get into some Champions Cup action. Now, we'll start with Pool 4. Leicester um, went down to, to Racing, and Ulster had a win over Scarlets. So what do you guys make of that? Which one? Let's start with Leicester, because no, you guys I love don't. Leicester so much.
0: Oh, no. no. Well, let, let, let's be honest, right? And I saw someone on Twitter, came at me a little bit about this, and you, Jim. And obviously people are, you know, Leicester, it's the worst run of results since 1975. Uh, They're not in a good place. You know, people are talking about bringing another coach in to help out Jordan Murphy, defence coach, whatever it may be. Someone at Twitter said, oh, Goody won't talk about it because Jordan's a really good mate of his and he won't slag him off. And Jim won't say anything about Brett Deakin because he's his mate and he's defence coach. But they are expletive, expletive, expletive we've we've talked at length about Leicester at times and we've we? gone hard and we, and we have gone we've just been honest we haven't gone hard necessarily unfairly I think we've been say what you see say. say what you see and isn't the coaches it's the squad they've got and George Ford said it after the game I think he did an interview saying other clubs have overtaken us and we've stood still and all this stuff but that's recruitment that's what's happened off the field that's what this rugby committee, you know, whoever it is, and you know, I know Simon Cohen. People are pointing the finger at him. He's chief executive. I know he listens to the show and loves the podcast, um, and he likes it because we're honest. But it's interesting that the the mess that they're in, it's very similar to Man United. I think you've got teams that have overtaken them, gone past them at a fast rate. Yet the fans still think that they're the biggest, best club in the in the land, and you know they're in a tough spot. And I text Jordan yesterday. It, it, it's hard when you've got that set of results. It's hard. To get out of that negative spin, there's a
2: cultural issue now amongst the team, amongst the you know the players that they're trying to do everything to try and fix that. And it, it, mate, what, what do you mean by a cultural issue? Mate, look at the Gloucester game. Look at the Gloucester game where Ben Morgan goes on the outside break, Mikey Williams offloads it, and uh, Ollie Thorley, Thorley scores that scores that wonder try. And you look at half the Leicester team; they're walking. Well, no one's catching Thorley, are they? It matter, but it doesn't matter. it doesn't matter, though. No, no. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But the someone might hit him on the line. They might get a tap tackle. But it's a showing of want, isn't it? Yeah. And you can't coach that. It's either in you or it's not. Yeah. And this is a conversation that I had with Brett Deacon, who's a, my best mate, coaches of defence. He is living and breathing. He is devastated. I thought we were best mates. Or is he
0: devastated you're his best mate?
2: Yeah, probably that as well. <laughs> but I suppose to admit he is dark as dark comes yeah. to the point where I'm actually worried about him because it's his life, you know. So he's been catapulted through fault or design to coach the defence. He's a smart coach, but ultimately your players have to lead it. Yeah. You're on the pitch, you've got one-on-one tackles. Look at the three tries that Rasim Metro scored at the weekend. They're one-on-one tackles. Yeah. You can have all the defensive oh we want to get off the line we want to stop the offload we want to smash him Finn Russell goes through offload and that's it they all die and you know that's the end you know that from then from that line break the way that Leicester have played that even if they do stop them a bit further the wrestling are going to score because their heads are down that's a cultural issue Mm. that isn't a coaching thing and you're looking and we saw Tom Young's When they played against Gloucester, he's flying into everything because the club matters to him, the badge matters to him. I'm looking across it now. As a Leicester fan, and desperate for them to do well because our friends, our coaching, it's their livelihood. If Brett gets sacked or Jordy gets sacked, where are they going to go? I I think they've lost a little bit of their identity and I think that they're going to try and find a way. I don't know how. I think they need to bring a Jono in, a Dino in. They need to bring some figurehead... Of the whole club, or the team, or
0: they need something? For me, it's all about recruitment, and that, that's where they've got it wrong. And they need to... You know, The whole thing with Jordan Murphy being currently the interim coach, just, uh, again, that's another question for the players. Well, is he getting the job? You know, what is happening? And, you know, that's the leadership of the club is, is where the issue is.
2: Credit to Rassid, though. mate. how good is it seeing two foreigners in Finn Russell and Zeebo? They look happy. Mm. They look very happy, don't they? Mate,
0: I... Uh, Finn Russell is, uh, and I've always said it, he's an unbelievable laugh. He um, ain't phased. Like, nah. He missed a couple of
2: kicks to touch, dropped that high ball. He ain't bothered. He's smiling. He ain't bothered, him? mate. He's got the Lambo in the, in the drive, in the drive in Paris. Not many, many people have a drive because obviously they live
0: in apartments. He's probably got a drive. White <laughs> Lambo. he does not give a shit. Yeah. He was brilliant. And Zebo, again, he looks like he's having fun. And when you're playing with Nakarawa and Vakatawa and all these quality quality offloading players that get you over the game line it must be a pleasure to play and, and you know Racing are serious contenders again they've made two of the last three finals they're four from four in their group and you know Racing are serious contenders and they play some good stuff
1: and Ulster are looking good for the runner-up position after getting 10 points out of 10 available against Scarletts
0: well I don't think it's fair to say they're looking good for a runners-up position because they'll still think they've got Racing to come over at their shop haven't they um so they'll still back themselves to potentially win that pool They've got to go away to Leicester. Leicester are out of the competition now. But the game against Racing at uh, the Kingsband Stadium will be phenomenal. Because Ulster, what about their turnaround? You know, Unbelievable. We were, talking, we were talking about them last year and the doom and the gloom and all that stuff too. They make some decent signings. Yeah, you know, Billy Burns come over from Gloucester. Addison, Dan McFarland's the one as well as the a coach. coach. Yeah, phenomenal. And they're you know they're now definitely in the mix.
1: Well, we can have a chat with one of the men who's been starring for Ulster in recent weeks. Will Addison's on the line. How are you, mate? Yeah,
3: good. Thanks. How are you guys?
1: Yeah, we're good, mate. Uh, apparently, you're you're in a car right now, aren't you? Coming back from
2: Island Camp, is that right? With Stuart McCluskey, is that right? Yeah,
3: my partner in crime shoe is just in the passenger seat here. We've just been down to Dublin for, for two days camp and then back up the road to sunny Belfast just now.
2: I don't imagine you're in a Ford Escort. What, what are the wheels you're driving in?
3: Uh, I had my my mum was pretty much acting as my agent over the summer, so she managed to negotiate a car into the deal. So I've got a little Beamer at the moment, which is doing the job. Oh,
2: nice, <laughs> nice. Good what, on you. So you've, been, yeah, so you've been in island camp in the lead up to Christmas. What's Joe Smith thinking there?
3: Um, I think it's just a bit of like a a gear up really, just making sure that we're going into into provincials this next three weeks just Kind of uh, giving us a dressing down, making sure we're not going to batter each other too much leading up to uh, to the internationals in, the, in uh, the Six Nations time.
0: So have you actually done any training today or was it just meetings and a, a bit of chat from Joe?
3: Uh, yesterday was mainly meetings and stuff, which is generally the scarier part of the time for people like me and Stu. But yeah, today was a bit of training. It was more of a bit of a blowout, get a get a bit of running in the legs. So it wasn't too, too demanding and then uh, puts us in good nick. Ready for the weekend?
0: And obviously, uh, Joe Schmidt said, "Don't knock ten bells of shit out of each other over the Christmas period because it is the inter-provincial games and stuff." Is that you know something that you're going to take back to the club now and say, "Actually, let's not listen to Joe. Let's absolutely hammer these boys."
3: Yeah, we're all kind of looking for little bits of insight, see which of the Munster lads have a few knocks that we can look to exploit this weekend. Me and Schmidt have just been discussing tactics at the moment, so yeah, no, there is a bit of that, but uh, no, it's going to be a tough three weeks. We've got. Uh, Munster at home which is a big game Connect away at Christmas time which I've heard isn't the most glamorous so I'm looking forward to that and then uh, finish up with Leinster away which should be nice and easy
2: Yeah mate definitely but looking back over the last couple of weeks 10 points out of the two games it couldn't have gone better really so with yourselves and Rassin in that pool that's going to be a hell of a game coming up mate.
3: Eh? Oh it's going to be massive yeah I think we were just chatting about that on the way up huge game we played away at their, their kind of, that crazy stadium over in Paris and that was pretty crazy but I think we'd back ourselves at home at the Kingspan and I think we're looking
0: forward to that day for sure. And obviously you and uh, Stu have uh, formed a, quite a nice centre partnership at, uh, at Ulster. We're a friend of the show, Darren Cave, who comes on quite a lot, you've relegated him to the bench now. Um One, do you feel bad? And two, uh, is he ever going to get a look in again?
3: We'll see, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we've struck up a bit of a partnership. We both suffer with bad backs, so we call ourselves the disco boys uh, for our discs. But yeah, KV. Cavey's an interesting one he's uh, he's our mentor, I should say he's looking after as well, making sure we stay on the straight and narrow, and yeah I think uh, he'll be pushing us in these next three weeks
2: oh mate you know he will be the poor thing he's going to be the one playing over Christmas isn't he? <laughs> <The> poor lad <laughs> just giving Connacht away he'll love it exactly um, mate just yeah. um, just a talking point because we, we, me and Goody were chatting before about how well Ulster have gone we had uh, George Clooney on as well uh, at the beginning of the season but just talks about oh, the yeah. transition so you coming into the club you know last season was it was a bad season for Ulster on all fronts like obviously it was well documented but how has it been for you coming to the club and obviously Dan McFarlane as well leading that how has it been for you coming 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 into that squad,
3: Uh, it's been class. Yeah, the first few weeks, I just got a good feel. I had a great experience at Sale with a great group of lads there, and it was very similar coming in here. All the lads were very welcoming, and I kind of uh, Dwayne Peel was a good mate of mine from playing with him at Sale for four years, and uh, he was the guy who kind of made made first contact with me. and I knew the style of rugby that Peely played as a player and I knew what he'd be looking for as a coach so yeah I knew that it was going to be the type of rugby that I would like and then off the pitch as well the glads are class so no it's been really brilliant and then Dan came in at the end of the pre-season and kind of added that lecture of experience a bit of now that we probably lacked because we're quite a young team and yeah I think we've got, we're starting to go from strength to strength we're probably not the finished article or anywhere near at the moment but we're starting to get some wins there uh, on the road and at home and yeah there's a good feeling about the spot at the moment
0: and then just looking back at your time at Sale um... Um, obviously, you know you were born in Cumbria. You play for England uh, under twenties with the likes of Henry Slade and Sinclair, etc. But did Eddie Jones get in contact with you at all, or was it literally just a case of Ireland really want me, and I want to be wanted, so I'm going to go over there and and make a, a stab at international rugby?
3: Yeah, there was little little bits of contact uh, over the years when I was at Sale, but nothing too major really. And a lot, there was also contact with with Joe here and there as well. So for me, it was kind of just about playing well for Sale week in week out. And, I tried that as, as best I could but I always kind of came up with injury and I think I had the opportunity to come over this year, I had a, ch- a chat with Peely in probably April time and he was aware I had a clause in my contract and uh, Steve Diamond at Sale was really, he was really great with me with that as well that he, he helped put that clause in there because he knew how aspirational I was and he knew that I had this in the, in the back of my mind, I wanted to do it as well so no I had a great support from Sale, and then I also had a, a good bit of interest from Peely which was nice which kind of helped it all come
2: to fruition. And, mate, lastly, we've just done our secret Santa here. You can imagine some of the gifts that we're getting handed out. Absolutely ridiculous. What's it like now in the professional game? It, have you got a Christmas party lined up where it's what goes on tour stays on tour, a bit of Christmas jumpers or not? Is it literally backs to the wall and Paul Caves? He's just literally training every day waiting to play Connor. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, I think Stu was saying that he had Cavey in the Secret Santa he was going to get him a tackle shield, which I thought was a bit unfair. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> Mate, he's out of contract, the poor thing. <laughs> oh, horrible. Have you got a Christmas no, party that'll... or not?
3: Yeah, we've got a Christmas do this weekend after Munster. We've got a, a, a bit of a do on Saturday. We've got uh, secret santa this week at some stage as well so uh yeah there's there's plenty of that i think you, like you you guys know you've got to have the social side it's got to be good off the field to make sure you can play well on it so uh yeah no we've got all that's catered for us
0: um and last thing obviously uh jim's a massive fan of belfast especially uh a young uh, person called tiddy von tramp have I'm you not young she's about 80 but okay yeah. so yeah have you uh, have you you or stew ever bumped into tiddy von tramp on a night out in belfast
3: I haven't but Sue's nudging me saying that Saturday could be the night I don't
1: really know <laughs> what that
3: means
1: alright well best of luck for uh, the rest of the competition and enjoy Christmas mate sweet. cheers guys enjoy. Cheers, bro. cheers mate I He's think done, it, how well he done mate, also, he,
2: he got man of the match in the maybe the first or second game that I commentated on uh, in the Pro 14 uh, mate Ulster for me and again, we've got a couple of friends of the show. Obviously, the poor Darren Cave. He's definitely Conor Christmas, <laughs> mate. that's what happens,
0: mate. It's what happens. That's why they're having their Christmas due this weekend. they like, the yeah. Shags are going to Connor's. Connor, mate. It's
2: like, you know, literally we send them out. If they don't play well because they're hung over and they lose, which could happen, we can say that they're not going to play again <laughs> and they're out of contract, so we're not going to contract them. But, um, mate, I'm a I'm big fan of Ulster because yeah. Stephen Ferris, good friend of the show, McFarlane again, and Titty Von Tramp. It's a city that I love. You, you love every city, don't you, Jim?
0: I love it. It's like you've got you've got good mates. I'm a traveller. I'm a rugby explorer, mate. Get you it? Know. Some turnaround from Ulster would isn't it, in terms of like what you said then, both on and off the field last year was an absolute... I'm trying to think of the right word for it. You, oh, mate, uh, there a, I don't think there is a shocker. word. Shocker. It was a shocker. It was a shocker. Yeah. Shit show. And, you know, just the turn. And like you said, Dan McFarlane came in two weeks before the end of pre-season. And we've seen... Other coaches come in late, late doors and not have an impact at all. And actually, the clubs get left behind a bit. But he's obviously a phenomenal coach.
1: Mate, he's very good. Should we have a look at uh, Paul 2? Go on in then. the Champions Cup.
0: Um, Who's well, in Paul?
2: 2? I don't know any of the pools, you know.
0: Well, what? what game were you at on Friday? I was at the Exeter-Gloucester game. Gloucester-Exeter game. Gloucester-Exeter. And where was that? King's Home. And what pool was that in?
2: That
0: was... I'm glad he, he's yeah, turned no, up. No, don't.
2: I, I don't even know. Paul two. We just speaking about it. There. <laughs> you just. No. You don't I even tell know. you why. I tell you why. Just I know. Tim, I know, Tim know. through the window. I know as well. Because two. Martin Bayfield, who was on there, was like, "We're going from King's home to the King's span to talk about the other game." So I did know. I just my mind goes, but it's all these bloody numbers. Writing right a rap song. Fucking Secret Santa. Not seeing the kids. Like, I mean, it's just me. Heads are muffled.
1: When Munster were were now down to win that. Paul and Gloucester were looking good for second until the weekend. Well
0: it's interesting Friday, we, we spoke on the phone on Friday didn't we as you were on your way to King's Home. <laughs> I said good,
2: give me, some, give me some inside
0: knowledge, <laughs> I've been in South Africa on safari and surfing. He literally did, he's like mate, what's, I haven't watched any games yet because I've been away, what's <laughs> going on, what's happened, how did Exeter to lose to I hate you, look at you and he's there like <laughs> <laughs> well, Hang on me- no, no, tell the truth, I had the kids in the car in the back watching Frozen and what did I say? We both said Extra got a chance. <laughs> I said I can see extra winning tonight. And they did. And it, it wasn't close, was it? Gloucester were awful, mate. But it, the, it really was it was a flip reverse of what
2: happened last week. Zero intensity. Scrum got absolutely hosed. hosed. Yeah. extra were good. They went yeah. back to the old school. Mm. And I, I mentioned, I know they've only lost two games leading up to that, but the amount of injuries they've got, I'm going to try and reel off a few for you. Sam Simmons? Yep. Fuck, who else is that? <laughs> that's one. Cowan Dickey? Yep, that's two. Jack Noel. Woodbourne? Jack Noel, Jack Noel, We haven't spoken about him oh, we should, our no, live show. We,
0: we, should t- we should touch him on there. Go on. Jack Noel was injured. He came to the live show last Thursday did, in, in Soho with the Budgie Smuggler Boys. Oh, he necked about four pints and he was like, oh, I've never been to, second time in London it is. I'll tell you what, a million quid, you can get a massive house in Exeter. I ain't coming back here. See you later, boy. And off he goes. I've got to get my train. And he necked about four pints and off he went. Uh, right. yeah, he's out injured. Top boy. Yeah, top boy. He what, had his Mrs. Miss- his miss- his jeans on. What was he doing in London, though? Well, mm. this this is the thing. Mm-mm. Some some might say working with some sponsors. Others might say Saracens. visiting Saracens. <laughs> uh no, he signed up for Extra, I think. Good lad. But yeah, no, so they, they are, you know, missing a few. Dolman's injured as well. Dolman. Cuthbert. That's Cuthbert, another one. yeah, there's
2: another one
1: Cuthbert, yeah. No, I told you I know them all. No,
2: I'm
0: just you're just repeating
2: you, me now.
1: Do you think Exeter have got a chance now of
0: <sighs> Yes. You do? Oh yeah. You do? Oh, And yeah. Goody knows the numbers and the, the, yeah. It's a group. I mean, Munster is still in control, being top of the log, but even Gloucester, they play Munster at King's Home and they go to Cast. Even Cast will be like, Bonjour, ça va, we may still uh, win the group. And Cast gets around five and six normally. They've got the white flag. Just take five points off us. But they were they were nasty, Cast, against Munster. And we might come to it later, but there was gouging from Rory Cockett, there was a knee drop from Erda Pagetta, which was just horrendous, I thought.
1: I saw lots of um, people being outraged on Twitter about Wayne Barnes' performance. Yeah. What did you make of that? It's
0: difficult. I, obviously, the, the gouging, and I don't know whether Barnes actually saw or how good the um, screen is at cast to see the replay, but the accusation that Peter Omani came into Wayne Barnes and said, look, this, one of my players has reported gouging, I've got no doubt Rory Cockett will get uh, cited for that. And there's a bit of previous there with what happened with Ashley, your mate Chris Ashton in pre season. And, you know, Rory Cockett is your ultimate wind up merchant. You know, when you play against him, scrum half, who's physical, plays like a bit of a fourth back row, if, if you will, and, you know, will get in people's faces and, and wind people up. And that's what Cass would do in all game. <sighs> the, the, the difficult one for me is, you know, the two footed knee drop that Udo Went in when Conway was sliding in, and when you're sliding to get a ball, you can't slide knees first, and that's the one that I thought Barnsley got wrong. That, I'm not saying it should have been a penalty try because Conway might not have been able to pick it up if he'd hit him normally, uh, but he's he's double knee dropped him in 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 the back, pretty.
2: Seeing much. that loads, Marrow's done that
0: loads yeah. as well. Marrow used to like try and slide through and
2: kick the ball through. Yeah, this is my bugbear with ruggers at the minute. You look at some stuff like the seatbelt tackle, and next thing, oh, the crowd are going mad. But nothing. No one even flinches when they see that. And it's one of them where it isn't about. Oh, you know, let me just try and cause controversy. I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, you can fuck someone up like that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, as in, it could be a stud to the face. um, It could be a knee to the temple. It's.
0: it's... Well, I think Conway missed. Did he miss the island talk? He he he, he He got got knee dropped again. again. He got
2: knee dropped going for the corner. But that's what wingers do now, don't they? It's kind of as as they're going in, it's got you committed. May as well just give them a nudge as well on the way through. You know what I mean? So if you're you getting away with it, then if you're the winger running in next time, well not even a winger or a centre, but it's usually the wingers in the, in the corners. You think you're thinking it, twice, aren't you? Yeah. You're thinking your ball just pass it back inside yeah. you're getting, over the shoulder.
0: You get knee dropped, but it's half a but. Like Barnes
2: is a quality ref, isn't he?
0: Yeah. And I was just disappointed. He didn't really look at the knee drop. Yeah. You know, that was a crucial, crucial moment in the game um, for Munster. And I, I know he's gone back for the, the tip tackle. I think it was, was it the tip tackle on Omani. Yeah, Omani, yeah. Um, Munster lost that game because they missed four kicks at goal. Some of them were difficult, but you've got the game in your own hands when you've got four shots at goal that you only knock one of them over and you win. Uh, and I've been there as a kicker loads of times when you have a bit of a stinker. And I think Carby missed three and. Uh, Connor Murray missed a long ranger but there are question marks over those two instances in the game which could have definitely swung the game in favour of Munster
1: well the other pool where everyone is beating everyone else is pool five but one team did move ahead a little bit from the rest of the pack this weekend with a great win on the road. And we can hear from their boss right now, Edinburgh Head Coach Richard Cockrell joins us. How are you?
2: I'm all right, thank you. How are you?
1: Good, I'm good. Richard, it's great to have another Scottish voice on the show.
2: Uh you're a big you're a big listener of the podcast as well, aren't you? A secret listener, well, I should say. Of course, Jimbo.
4: As Englishmen have got to stick together, you know that.
2: <laughs> oh man, I don't know what you're on well, about. You said at the live show last week, Jim, you're English, so obviously Cocker's listened to that as well. I'd had a few beers because Edinburgh won this weekend. I'm Scottish again. Um Cocker's We'll get into a bit of ruggers, mate, because um, that's why we're here. We're called the Rugby Pod. Mate, what a win uh, up, down in Newcastle, up in Newcastle for us. But down in Newcastle, just talk us through what you made of the game uh, and what Dino and Wowsie were like to you after.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, it was obviously a good win for us. An important uh, important game to win because of the table. Um, and We had not won away from home in a long time. So, look, we, we played pretty well. We deserved to win. Uh, it was a big result for us and puts us in a, a really good... Uh, place to, to qualify out of the group with obviously still two big games to come too long away and Montpellier at home but uh now the boys played well Dino and Wellesley were Dino and Wellesley they weren't very pleased to lose as you'd expect but uh, now they've got uh, some uh, important league games coming up so I think they've got one eye map on to be part them
0: and then just going back to the game caucus how are you my old friend we all know that you were losing at half time there's been reports that there was a heated conversation at half time uh, amongst the players and yourself and uh, there was obviously a marked difference in, in the performance in that second half. We've been in changing rooms together, you and I, with Jim as well, where we're not necessarily all agreed on everything. We, we, did the teacup go out the window? Was it all cockers going mad and it, it got the result you wanted? No, no, no not really. Just the, we just we knew, we thought that we'd play
4: just within ourselves a little bit. We had a lot of territory, had lots of opportunities to probably take more points out of that half, and um, just didn't want us to sit back and um, and just... Go through the game, not taking those opportunities. So we just addressed a couple of things, and look, we've got a good set of boys, they're really good players, um, and probably just want to, you know, expect a little bit more out of us at times. And we got a good reaction in the second half, and mainly driven by the players. To be fair to them, a lot of experience there, and um, yeah, we started the half really well, and. Um, a really important win for us, and especially you know we haven't won away from home in eight months, which was a horrible stat to hear before the game. So glad to get the, that one out of the way.
2: And Cockers just tell us a little bit about on the culture and the psyche at Edinburgh. I know the answer because we've had a chat, but I think the listeners would be quite interested to hear. As a coach and a player, having played at the highest level with some superstars and coached at Leicester and obviously Toulon as well, you go into an environment like Edinburgh where the names probably aren't household names. How have you found that as a challenge? But how has that worked for the benefit of the team as well?
4: The challenge is like you say there's probably not a huge amount of guys that their names roll off, off the tongue but there's some really good players you know especially in that forward pack and we're developing pretty well and we've got maturity majority of the forward pack that play for for scotland and the boys are working hard. there's a lot of very good players and the template that scott johnson and mark dodson have put in put in place with myself and dave rennie with greg obviously heading up the national side hopefully there's some good coaches there that are getting the best out of the out of the players. But um, we've had to address a few things at Edinburgh. We're starting to get a good, hard-nosed work ethic around what we do. Um, and hopefully that's showing on the field. We're, we're becoming a hard team to play against and we're getting some good results against some big teams.
0: Yeah, you certainly are, mate. And obviously, uh, looking forward to the games in January, um, you've got Toulon and Way and Montpellier at home. Obviously, right now you're in the box seat, but one of my favourite teams to talk about is Toulon. What the hell is going on there, mate? Since you've left, <laughs> it's, it's um, gone downhill.
4: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, I mean, I think it's probably like one of my other former clubs. You know, they've had some big, big days um, and won some trophies. And things come in cycles, don't they? You know, once you've had a, a, a lengthy spell of success, sometimes then there's a bit of a lull. Um, and too long off some, some big-name players over a couple of seasons. And they'll start to rebuild, as you've seen in the last week with um, Esbeth and Nelna Scudder. They, uh, they're they've you know, two international players that are world-class. And they'll have got the money and they'll rebuild. But, yeah, it's... Um, it is a slightly different place to to play in coach, that's for sure. It's, um, it has its moments.
2: What was it like there, Cockers, with the likes of... People that Goody speaks about as well, uh, Bastro is a big fan of. I should say. What, what, what is it like with these superstars that have got the money and Boudjellad, who's putting the money in, and the French kind of culture? I'm just interested to know as well, really, like how you found managing that because there was there was talks of you losing the game to Grenoble or Oyonnax or whatever, and, and Boudjellad said, "Right, there's no flight home. You need to make your way home." But like, how was that with some of the superstars there that were getting paid ridiculous amounts um, of money? To be
4: fair, I found the lads re- really good. I mean. Like most players, they just want to be well coached. They want to win games. They want to try and get better. Um, and to be fair, that long group of some world-class players—you're looking at guys like, you know, uh, Mar Nonu, Basterra. As you speak, Halfpenny, Gorgodzi with Wansmith, Smith, Moulin. I mean, you know, the the list is is endless. I, I sort of—it's um, more about getting them organised um, and controlling. You know, the well, there he goes to a point, but. Now, there are a lot of high-profile players that all want to, to, to be the, the star of the show. So it was more about just getting everybody pointing in the same direction. And the actual coaching part was the easy bit because they're all world-class players. But yeah, there, there's a few dynamics with players and the, the owner that um, are a little
0: bit delicate at times. <laughs> delicate, nicely put, Cockers. Um, obviously, having you on the show now, it'd be great to hear a bit of your insight into the situation at your other old club, Leicester. You spent 23 years there, and obviously you left uh, a couple of years ago now, and things haven't been great since you left. Is it all down to your departure, or what is going on at the club?
4: Oh, I, I don't think it's a lot to do with me, really. Um, I think it was going
2: downhill with Cocker since I left, to be honest (laughs) with you,
4: mate. And that was my fault, Jim. (laughs) Um, I think it's hard, isn't it? I think, look, Left have had a lot of success. The landscape of the the modern game has changed a lot. And maybe. Leicester have got to change with it a little bit. You know, the, the, the money in the game has changed the game. Um, the, the players' mentality towards the game has changed a little bit. It's not about just going to a big club with status. It's about money. It's about personal lives. It's about lots of other things that come into it. And I think when now now Leicester are at where they're at, they probably need to realise where they're at. and They need to, to, to address that and know that people just don't go to clubs because it's Leicester or Bath or wherever these days. It's about money and lifestyle and, and lots of other things. So I think they need to realise where they're at first before they can start addressing it but clearly looking at results something's not quite right because they've got a you know that, the team they had on paper at the weekend was, a, was still a, a very good team
0: wasn't it it certainly was so you're saying that it's about players now it's about lifestyle and money so i was ahead of my game was i cockers when we were, contract you, you, were
4: you, you were 20 years ago, you <laughs>
0: hence why he's <laughs> nearly 25 stone
4: um
2: <laughs> so cockers I, I think for a lot of people on the outside looking in when you were at toulon and moved to edinburgh Uh, were wondering why they can obviously see now how well it's gone what's the ambition for you like how far do you think Edinburgh could go you know there's also been links with you to England you know are you going to be fully fledged Scottish and hopefully coach the national team so I think the first question is, is how far can this Edinburgh team go with the budget that you've got
4: well I think for us it's realistic in the next you know couple of years, two and a half years or so, to, to be competing to try and win the competition. You know, we, we, there's some tough things in there with the likes of Blackoat, clearly, Leinster, very, very good, Ulster, Munster, Um There's some very good sides in there. But if we keep building year on year and keep developing this team and adding a little bit of quality along the way, there's no reason why, you know, we won't be favourites, but there's no reason why we, we can't be in and around that mix of um, playoffs every season and giving it a good bash because on our day give ourselves a little bit more time I think we'll be, we'll be able to compete with with those sides
0: and then just looking at comparisons between the Premiership and I do this a fair bit and the Pro 14 the intensity of the Premiership is it sort of markedly different to the, the, t- the Pro 14 week in week out or you know we're seeing Scottish and Irish and, and some Welsh teams doing well in Europe at times and English clubs not so
4: It's hard to compare. I think I think the relegation thing is a big thing because whatever happens, you have a really bad season, like ourselves or other clubs in the Pro 14. You can afford to develop and bring young players through because you don't have the threat of relegation. And having a thing with Newcastle in the last couple of weeks, and picking different teams, resting players, looking, having one eye on on the league games in a couple of weeks' time. So, clearly, the top teams in the Pro 14 are easily comparable with the with the top teams in the. In the Premiership, and, and we've seen that in Europe over the last few years. But I think that dynamic at the bottom, in the Premiership, the, the, the relegation battle is almost as exciting as the, as the championship battle, isn't it? Um, uh, and we don't have that in the Pro 14. So I think week in week out, of that intensity is probably a little bit tougher in that in, in the Premiership. But quality-wise, there are certainly teams that um, you know the top five or six teams in the in the Pro 14 w- would be as good as both sides in the top six in the premiership
1: and just finally I mean you mentioned before that you shared a changing room with these two jokers um, what, <laughs> what, legends what, what, were, what were they like Do you remember any stories about uh, Goody or Jim on, from their playing days
4: Goody uh, well, didn't matter what size he was he was always one of the fittest which was always a really. oh that's nice we like your, your hair.
1: hair we like your hair
4: Thank really you. the stories we're looking for uh, it was a nightmare being a coach with Goody because he turned up with his little fat little derby on him yes and then we we do the fitness test and it would still be one of the top two or three and it's, how do you tell him off when he's still winning the fitness test?
0: Right. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. How You're how a very good work. coach.
4: Thanks, mate. I thought we, we, we could agree on something.
0: <laughs> and Jim, anything I, 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 on... I wasn't right? there, the front one. I anything on Jimmy? He was a shambles on me, Jim.
4: Oh, Jimbo was always world class. I always, I always liked him when he had his, his, um, when he came back with his, uh, with his red rose tattooed on his arm. Oh, Richard!
2: Now, now, now! I don't remember that. In-
1: English till we die, Jimbo. No, mate,
2: we're Scottish till we die, now, Coppers. <laughs> oh, sorry,
1: mate, forgot. Thank you. Who's paying the bills? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, mate. Good luck for the the rest of the the competitions, both of them, and uh, also uh, have a nice Christmas.
4: Cheers, First and you have a good
0: Christmas. Cheers, oh, well. Merry Cheers, Christmas. Coppers. Pretty simple, okay,
1: it? Uh, We, we uh, Cockers and I have had some
0: battles, you know, when we were playing together, when he was coaching, when he was an academy coach and all this at Leicester and he used to come up to me, fucking flash car, you. Yeah. Um, well, he
2: was the polar opposite of you. Hard working, <laughs> good lad. <laughs> but he, he, he was cut from the old school cloth, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? So he was yeah. epitomised... The Leicester old school yeah. way, he'd rock up, and I remember he had a, a red Toyota Hilux four by four, and you'd rock up in your Range Rover with, with your Louis Vuitton handbag, and it used to, <laughs> I remember, he like, used to rile him. But if you played well at the weekend, yeah. he
0: was fine. Yeah. But it was in lead up to that. Yeah. But but he's brilliant. Like look at his coaching now, and and obviously having spent twenty three years at Leicester, and how must have been very tough that conversation that when they've asked him to leave because he's poured his life and soul into it. Yes, he went to Claremont for a couple of years, and you know he was. A hugely successful coach. And people, one of those things that now, you go Richard Cockwell, Edinburgh coach, and it's, you live in the here and now in, in sport, don't you? So people forget how bloody f- successful he was at Leicester and, and the records and, and the championships that he won as coach. Phenomenal. Um, Mate, and, he, was, he was awesome for me. Yeah. Like, literally, he, you know, and I've spoken about my time at Leicester
2: and we piss about on here, but if it wasn't for Leicester and it wasn't for Dean Richards and it wasn't for Cockers, I would never have had a rugby career. Like, yeah. they literally looked after me yeah. in terms of
0: you'd have been in jail, wouldn't you? I reckon, yeah. There's a good chance I could have been in jail. If <laughs> it wasn't or, for Mrs. Good, Or Hollywood. Dino. <laughs> yeah, Dino. But, but fair play. And, and that's why you, you can see now how the, the impact he's had, having at Edinburgh and how far he's taken them forward in quite a short space of time. That's why he's been linked with the England job because he has, and rugby has changed a lot over the, the his time as a player and his tenure as a coach, changed massively and he's changed with it for for the better, he's a, you, know, you speak to a lot of people. That there's a lot of people have got a massive amount of respect for him, and I have as well.
2: Mate, so, if you look at players, right, all you want is a bit of honesty. And yep. like Goody said, mate, he's hit him straight. Look at your flash car Look at your belly. It hits you honest. He just wants people who go in, work hard, play hard, want to learn, and he tells you straight. And I think there's nothing more that you you, you want. Mm. He will never lie to you. And that's why I think Edinburgh, because the Scottish players, historically, traditionally, culturally, they want to work hard, they want to get better, and you get a coach like that, you marry them in together, Edinburgh going to win the European Cup. <laughs> 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 Come
0: on! Oh, what? you're an Edinburgh fan now, are you? Hashtag always Edinburgh, oh, mate. I told go. you,
1: I've always hashtagged always Edinburgh. Pool three, it looks like Glasgow and Saracens probably just going to hose through there. Another couple of wins for those guys. Uh, Saracens uh, over the Blues and uh, Glasgow over Lyon.
2: Yeah, Farrell were not happy. He got interviewed after the the game. I mean, the conditions were poor as well. Yeah, it's a tough but, game. But they? they're talking about performance, yeah. like Sarri's and Mark McCall the week before wasn't happy with the performance. You know, Farrell said it. You know that that isn't the level that they expect of themselves. And it's no disrespect to Cardiff, although it probably is a little bit. <laughs> you know, mate, Cardiff dug in. Yeah. They just d- didn't take their opportunities, did they?
0: Yeah, I, I, they didn't take their opportunities. And there was a couple of things. They, they should have taken the three points to go into the lead. They went to the corner. That was a massive turning point in the game. I think Saracens were always going to be good enough to win that game. And you talk about champion teams... They went down to 14 men, defended, nullified Cardiff, got up the other end and and got some points, and that you know that was deflating for Cardiff. But you know they got away with a couple of things. Saracens do, and it's like anything. The luck is with you when you're that team that just believes you're always going to win. And we talked about it with you know they're unbeaten in 22 games. They they rock up for every game, thinking it doesn't matter who we're playing, we're winning. Um, You know last game they lost was Leinster in the quarterfinals last year in April. That's donkeys years ago. Whereas the flip side, you look at Leicester, they're rocking up at every game. Oh goody, leave it and too long. I'm just saying Leicester and too long. You compare it. They're rocking up every game, thinking, "I can't see how we're going to win this game." So Saracens—that's you know, what we Shaw- were like with
2: Scotland. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly, we're fucked. <laughs> Sean, um, Sean Maitland probably should have got binned, I reckon. What for? Um, the, in the air? Yeah.
2: yeah, I think so as well.
0: But you know, when things are going for you, they go for you. And Saracens deserved the victory. I know um, John Mulverhill, the Cardiff coach, had a, a good old moan afterwards about uh, a couple of the decisions, but you know Saracens I think we're always going to win that game um and it actually builds for a hell of a crescendo really in terms of Glasgow you know they'll be disappointed they didn't get the bonus point against Leon at home after getting it away last week but the weather conditions in Glasgow oh my god they were horrendous um but it does build up nicely for I think it's the last pool game Saracens play Glasgow at home and you know, I think by then both of them will be in the quarterfinals.
1: Leinster looked too strong, and Paul one don't know they? they had another win over Bath. And uh, what happened to Wasps? Goody? are they on the improve? Or... Oh mate, you're not. I'd say if... that. Not I'd say that. What the Wasps are improving? He just <laughs> said they're improving.
0: <laughs> um, no, it's a hell of a game actually. Wasps against Toulouse. Did I or watch Toulouse, a... against, Toulouse I... against Wasps. No, I, did, I watched loads of ruggers at the weekend. What's wrong with me? We just avoid the kids. Uh, well, Algar's Colby. Cheslin. Cheslin Colby. Slick feet. Yeah. He is unbelievable. Yeah. Because he's tiny, isn't yeah. he? His footwork, his explosivity off the off the deck, his, you know, his footwork, his step, he's phenomenal. And you know, he's been a real find for Toulouse as well. But
4: what
2: about when he goes in at scrum half and he's literally triple step off you go straight through the middle? The,
0: the, the one that I saw, he's ducked under about three tackles. Yeah. Or something. I'm like, at some point, someone's getting sent off for having him round the end. You're not allowed. Oh, you shouldn't be allowed to duck. <laughs> But he literally, he was about an inch off the floor when he's ducked under about three tackles. He's phenomenal. Um, the flip side of that, Houger on the other wing, who played well. Oliver Main as well. Is that he's a real a, perm? Is that a perm or not? He's a dirty bugger. He should have been sent off. And I'm a little bit disappointed. You talk about referees. I'm a little bit disappointed. It wasn't Nigel Owens' fault. He said to his TMO, do I need to look at that? TMO said no. Which, what? look at what? He swung his arm into the face of Ross Neal. And he's, he's caught him properly in the mush. Swinging arm to the mush. And Houger's a big lad. Ross Neal's a big lad as well, as in height-wise. You know, you're talking about outlawing tackles and wanting a seatbelt. It was a swinging arm to the face.
2: Yeah, O'Gee.
0: How's he got? And I tweeted. How's he got away with that? But Toulouse are, you know, they go to Leinster in round five, I think, and Leinster will, Leinster will dust them um, because Leinster are a phenomenal team as well. But Toulouse. Will make the quarterfinals. Who's oh, I mean, going to
2: win it, Leinster? Do you reckon? Well, no, I just... reckon
0: Racing got a chance. Yeah, Leinster, yeah. Racing, or Sarys are the three. Those three are the three three favourites for me. I'm going to go Edinburgh as well. I'm going to throw Edinburgh in. Why
1: are you laughing? Have you guys got any rumours floating around at the moment? Well, I wanted to pick Goody's uh,
2: belly button on this one. Oh, it's, so, it's, a, it's a cheesy one. Why? I'm sure it is. Does your belly button smell? No, I mate, I shower three times a day. Mine night. really smells. I don't oh, know why. I you know that. horrible oh, yeah, well, what? What are you I, doing I, that gets your nose down there? Well, I obviously can't get my nose into my belly button. Can you get your nose into your belly button? Well, I'll just pull it up. Oh, of course, yeah, easy. <laughs> anyway, um, so I wanted to pick your belly button on this. Yeah. Elliot Daly, I said that he was off to Sarah's. You're like, rubbish. You're getting all aggressive. now nah, To I? the point where you're literally, your toupee on the toupee, teepee on your head is flopping around and like your nipples <laughs> not, are literally it's vibrating. Not, it's not a toupee,
0: <laughs> it's, it's sewn in. So
2: tell me why you got so annoyed and tell me now why these r- rumours are gathering
0: momentum. Well, there is it's hard to talk about it why really? is it hard I don't think it is hard why is well, it hard okay, to talk first and foremost Th- when, when is uh, another premiership club allowed to speak so, uh, to another Goody, pre- oh, that, no. no that's yeah. answer my question what, it doesn't matter it does matter but that isn't for what, us to what, decide what? it's good that they're talking now because it gives us stuff
2: to talk about what before is, Christmas what is
0: the rules January 1st right So, what, so Elliot right. Daly's in contract
2: ok so why why are you getting all funny about it then I'm not but I'm we, not, we're not giving rumours we're giving rumours in September and you ain't arty about then Hey, listen, you know,
0: (laughs) wasps means a lot to me. I'm an employer of the club. So I'll just take that as that. Well, there's a rumour that he's going there. There's a rumour, you know, that he's got a clause in his contract about if the training ground's not at a certain stage and there's, you know, there's debate uh, about the legal position of that. Obviously, we've seen developments in the training ground proposition. Smart that
2: the way Elliot Daly said, "Right, I'm going to leave if the training ground isn't sorted." Next thing, breaking news from the Coventry Evening Telegraph: Old Leamingtonians, Old Pissporians, you can have our stadium. We'll give you a grand just to say that we can. <laughs> we are nowhere. How long is it going to take? What's the chief exec's name? Nick Eastwood. So Nick Eastwood. Oh, it'd be six months, a year,
0: ten-year project. <laughs> Smart, <laughs> hey mate. The thing, the thing is, with uh, you know, all jokes aside, players don't leave clubs because of training grounds because just to let you know whoever's going to Saracens <laughs> old Albanians that ain't the best training ground either is it the only decent training ground in the land that you could go to and go this is unbelievable is Farley House oh, yeah, Bath. How... Um how nice is that place yeah but again you know you're not signing for a nice training ground some people do like, who, who does though like Cocker said earlier you're signing for cash and you know, it sounds brutal and it sounds ruthless, but it's the truth. You know, If you're offered 500 grand at one club and 300 grand at another, what are you going to do? What are you going to do in any walk of life? You know, what are you going to do if you're on a 30 grand a year job and then you get offered 60 grand a year, you're off.
2: You well, to the... I, Well, we need to look at Andy Rowe. You're in the rock and roll showbiz mm, world right. of recruitment. Yeah. What
1: would you advise someone? You look at the 50 grand job and you think, is that a good team to work for? Is it a team that's going to enhance my, my career or is it going to be a one-year deal where it goes to shit?
0: I'm with you, man. Yeah. You ain't leaving for a one-year deal, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you there, there are things, Thank you for that insight. Thank you for that insight. For the great. listeners who might be leaving their jobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't deal with Andy Rowan recruitment. Any <laughs> spreadsheets? Should we
1: uh, look at any other rumours floating around? Or... Well,
0: there's chat of um, at Leicester looking at a defence coach. Two coaches that I've been coached by, actually. Uh, Brad Davis. And he, he was lost. A very good coach. Really? Man. I could not speak highly enough of okay. Brad Davis. Is like, he a northerner? Uh, no, he played rugby league. in an Aussie. Okay. So he played a lot of rugby league. I used to love him, so... <laughs> We used to have uh, when we were at Wasps. He's it, got false teeth at the front, right? And um, we might come onto some false teeth chat later on uh, after your little escapade down at uh, at Gloucester. 180,000 impressions on Twitter. <laughs> Cheers, mate. So anyway, Brad Davis used to rant and rave on the touchline and. In a good way, so give, giving out orders about defence and trying to, you know, a lot of the time defence is all about noise, isn't it? So he's adding noise from the touchline, and, and we're on BT Sport for a game, and he's like, "I can't go there," and his teeth just drop out on camera like that. So we got it, and every time he'd all, always pull up clips, and we'd just get the defensive um, at the end of the defensive review, we'd get the analyst just to stick that clip on. Everyone's crying we day after day. After day. Simple jokes, keep your teeth out Brad. uh, But Brad's a pretty, honestly, I if, reckon
2: he's front front runner.
0: If I was Leicester, I'd give him the job tomorrow. Uh I wouldn't I give it to him today. Uh but he's at Ospreys, obviously. Yeah, you know, there's there is a discussion to be had if if, if that is even true. Well the thing um, is with
2: Brad Davis, he's
0: at Ospreys,
2: but Sean Edwards is a consultant there as well, which yeah. is a bit weird. Yeah. But Osprey's defence is good. It is a
3: good
0: defense. Uh Dave Ellis as well, coach. Oh, I've heard of him. Uh he used to coach France, coach McBrieve. So he was the French defensive coach, Northerner again. Of course. Um, I think he's coaching Kenneworth or something now. Kenilworth? Kenilworth-Ruggers. Oh, Pisporians. I mean, Kenilworth to Leicester Tigers. I mean, it, it ain't far geographically. <laughs> you are,
2: oh, I was going to th- thought you were going to say Yeah, quality-wise, you're horrible. You no, did. I said it's not
0: far geographically, but it's a long way in mate, terms George of Mate, working,
2: mate. He's working hard. Stop being <laughs> horrible. But we've got no more rumours because they can't talk to clubs now till the 1st of January. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Paddy Jackson can. Apparently he's jumping ship from Perpignan who are destined for Purpin drop. Perpignan-Poo. perpignan Perp going to Lyon. Who else you got? Dan Dupriya, there's three is in
2: there. Mm. I've heard all three are going to Leicester, or oh, they're in talks. Well, there's a couple of them at sale now, aren't they? Mm. So I've heard all three potentially. Yeah. Again, it's just a rumor. It's not first of Jan. The big one,
0: Andre Pollard. Chatting going to Bath post World Cup. Does that mean Priestland's off? Mm. Freddie, methinks Priestland. See you later. He's out of contract at the end of the year. Priestland. Is it? Um, so he could move somewhere else. And it's this France. Whole, he'll go to France. It's this whole be? merry-go-round, isn't it? I don't think he'll go back to Wales because he's not
2: done. But He's almost done.
0: He's a good player, Priestland, but he's the player in Wales that everyone jumped on his back. It was always his fault, um, which was harsh, because I think he's a quality player. And, you know, he's, he's had a few injuries, so he's got to take a look at the best contract for him, not necessarily for international rugby, but for his life. So we shall see. But Andre Pollard to Bath.
1: The good, the bad, the ugly is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler this week. If you're looking for a Christmas gift, check out budgie for some fun ideas and follow them on Instagram to check out their latest smuggling news. Just enter the code RUGBYPOD for free shipping and make sure you order by Friday to get everything in time for Christmas.
0: The good, as ever, plenty of good this week in the world of rugby. We're going to start this week, not in the Champions Cup, but in the Challenge Cup. And Bristol's. Bristol's. Beating La Rochelle 13 3 away down in France. It's very difficult to go and win in France, whatever competition you're in. It's uh, so a credit to those boys. But then let's go back to the Champions Cup and talk all things Saracens. Again, they roll on 22 games undefeated on the spin. Uh, a phenomenal achievement, again, beating Cardiff in control of that group. Racing's performance over at Welford Road, sprinkled with stardust. The likes of Finn Russell, Simon Zebo, Vakatawa, Nakarawa, all stars in their own right. A brilliant performance. Some paper thin defence from Leicester at times, but you can only play what's in front of you. Quality from racing, winning away from home. Toulouse showed that they're one of the teams in the running for the competition this year, and some of the attacking play between them and Wasps at the weekend was outstanding. And I'm going to talk about Wasps because they're in the good this week. Oh, of course we they have are, to. Man.
2: We have to. Yeah, you got to, mate. They're Did in d- dire straits. Do see, I don't
0: mind. I don't mind. Did you see Billy LaRue's try? Elliot Daly. Talk about Elliot Daly. What a break! Absolutely rinses. I saw that. Rinses the Toulouse defence. We go length of the field try. How many other teams scored a length of the field try in the rain this week? Not many. Wasps, great try. Villa La but it hasn't got the good. The good this week goes to Leinster and specifically Johnny Sexton. Thought he controlled the game beautifully. Uh, Leinster roll on in Europe. The champions, absolutely dispatching Bath. Their attacking game, their all-round control is phenomenal and they are the team to beat in Europe. So the good this week goes to Leinster. My favourite team, great. How many favourite teams have you got? A few. Oh, okay. Uh, the bad. We'll start off in Romania, of all places, rugby union. Uh, Saints game was cancelled. Um, rugby in Romania in December. Not a surprise, it's snowing. Uh, but they rocked up and the pitch was covered in about five foot of snow, so they couldn't play. But credit to all the Northampton boys. They were actually trying to dig the snow out of the at the airport as well, trying to get the plane up. Well, can
2: you imagine? Like, there ain't nothing worse. Like, be honest. They've gone to Romania and they're thinking, I reckon I'd rather eat a can of cat food. <laughs> Than play over in Romania they've got there the game's cancelled knowing that they've got to dig the plane out
0: and knowing that they've got to go back there and play against the Romanians and, and the, the the upside of it is when you do get back you've got to play for the Shags the Wanderers oh. they've, all been, they've all been picked for the Wanderers for Monday Night do. Football well,
2: mate, they need to run out they need to run out that's what Boydie says and picking me nose uh, Sam wants as
0: well they do uh, so that was pretty bad the, re- the game got called off we'll see what happens there uh, Leicester eight straight defeats in all competitions their worst run of results since 1975 not a good place to be at the minute, Leicester. Uh, but that's not the bad. The bad is going to go to Cast. It's a horrible place to go, Cast. They are a bunch. They're French champions, but they're a bunch of that like oh. two rile people, shall we say. Loads of push-in and off-the-ball incidents. Nothing wrong with that, mate. Rallyer's yellow card. Er, er, Nothing er, wrong with yellow cards. Well, it was a tip-tackle. He nearly landed on his head. Well, you can't, do, was that. You can't like, do that. You can't do that. Er, er de Pagetta with his double knee slide into Conway. Is that right? Or no, no, you can't do that. No. no, that's horrible. And Rory Cockett allegedly gouging Chris Cloter. So the bad this week goes to cast Rory Cockett and Ben Erdapagetta. Dirty, dirty buggers. Uh, and the ugly. Well, there's only one ugly thing, and it has to be down at Gloucester, really, because um, they are quite an ugly bunch, the people that sit and stand. Well, working, working class grafters. They are quite an ugly bunch, the people that stand in the shed. But after the game, Jim, you're on BT Sport, chatting away. Ugo Monya's next to you and the fan's teeth he was trying to chant out Gloucester and his teeth fell out hit the deck he picks them up and puts straight them back in straight
2: back in not bothered mate not hang, bothered hang in bloke he's got the immune system of a, of a shark I mean <laughs> have they got good immune systems I don't know but I, th- I imagine they that's,
0: have that's Jim just get back to your analogy book that yeah, was pretty bad so the ugly this week goes to whoever that Gloucester fan stick your teeth back in your mouth and don't spit them out again.
1: Thanks, Gertie, and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to make sure you subscribe on iTunes, share the pod with your mates on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or send them a message on your WhatsApp group. And if you fancy giving us a review on iTunes, that'd be great as well. Let's try and get the pod to uh, number one for Christmas. Number one.
2: Just before we go there, I've got one more analogy from my book. On page 140, red herrings and white elephants. Shit It's an ugly word, but it does not have an interesting origin. Dried manure and barnyard dung have long been used by the farming industry as a soil fertilizer. That ship, rugby pod, rugby
0: pod, pod pod pod. <laughs>